I'm John Carter in Moscow, in Havana, Cuba. Now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra, right here in communist China, reporting from India. Hi, I'm John Carter in the Solomon Islands. I'm John Carter in Soweto, from El Salvador. I'm John Carter in Sydney, Australia. John Carter informs us about the Jesuits and the true gospel. This is a continuation of the talk on the Jesuits and the true gospel. In the last segment, we spoke about how a person can be right with God. How much inner goodness do I have to have? Now, the Jesuits teach this. Now, try to get this into your minds. It's not easy. The Jesuits teach that a person is saved by grace alone. Is that good? Yeah. By Christ alone. By faith. Plus the works of love wrought in the heart by the Holy Spirit. Now, the Protestant reformers said, no, 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 no. They said, Christ alone, Scripture alone, grace alone, and faith alone. Because when you say faith plus the works of love wrought in the heart by the Holy Spirit, you bring in a sub subjective element. Uh, let me explain this to you. This is, this is not easy, but all of a sudden you're going to see it, and the light is going to become very, very, very plain. I've seen many people die. And some people die with, with great faith and great peace. And some people die fearing the flame. How do I know? I've seen it. I've seen people dying in fear. Because some of those people are afraid of going into hell or going into purgatory. And so if you believe the idea of the Jesuit as taught at the Council of Trent, say by Christ, through grace, by faith, plus the works of love in the rod in the heart, they're saying, but I don't have enough goodness. Now I'm going to go into purgatory for millions and millions of years and I'm going to be, I'm going to be screaming. So Martin Luther came along and he said, no, 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 Christ alone, scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone, because once I truly believe in Christ, his righteousness covers my sins. And there's no need of purgatory. And I'm right with God right now. Let me tell you a story. A person whom I have always admired was Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was trained in Jesuit theology. Did you know this? Trained in Jesuit theology. She was taught, you know, uh, grace alone, uh, plus faith, plus the works of love wrought in the heart by the Holy Spirit. Mother Teresa, after she died, they, they found her letters. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I think she was a great lady with a heart for people. But she says... Uh, she could never see the face of a God of love. And she never had a moment's peace in all her life. 
and she was filled with so much dread that she thought on numerous occasions of becoming an atheist. Never good enough. <laughs> Maybe one day I'm going to make it like some of you, but never good enough. Look at Galatians again. Galatians 2 and verse 20 and 21. Look at this again. And let these words sink down into the mind. I have been crucified with Christ. When? On the cross. Later on, I must crucify myself in my sins by God's grace. But we're not talking about that. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ, Christ died in vain. If I can be saved by my attainment, even with the help of the Holy Spirit, Christ has died in vain. I am not saved by attainment. I am not saved by my attainment. I am saved, listen, by his atonement. Not my attainment, his atonement. It was a Negro spiritual, beautiful, it said. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And the answer is, yes, I was there when he hung on the cross. I was there legally in him. And that is why if I died when Christ died for my sins, the law cannot condemn a dead man. Have you ever thought about this? The law can only condemn living people. You say, but I, 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 I no, I, I didn't die. Come over here, would you please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14. And quite likely, you've never read this text. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14. Here it is. This is amazing. Now think about this, please. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus. Listen to this. What does it say? That if one died for all, what does it say? Now, what does it say? It says, if one died for all, then all died legally when Christ died, bearing the wrath of God, I died on the cross. And therefore, if I died on the cross, the law cannot condemn me. There's no condemnation. Christ on the cross legally bore my sin and tasted God's wrath. If you don't understand God's wrath, you can never understand the gospel of God. And that is why the moral influence theory is a travesty and it is an abominable doctrine, not believed by any mainstream church. My church does not believe it. Look at Galatians 3, verse 11 and 13. Galatians 3, verse 11. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone uh, 
who hangs on a tree. People say, that's a terrible text. It says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And it is talking about Christ bearing the sin of the human race. God is a righteous God. God loves the sinner, but God hates the sin. Can you understand this? God is not an old, funny, benevolent grandfather. One man said to me, oh, my God is a big teddy bear. How superficial can you get? God is a God of wrath. And on the cross, God takes his own medicine. Because God reacts against sin, the sinner must be punished to the last drop of blood. And so God doesn't send an angel. God comes in the person of his own son. Hallelujah. Hanging on the cross was Yahweh Elohim in human form. What's wrong with us? Why are we so superficial? We are so superficial because we can no longer read scripture. But hanging on the cross was Yahweh Elohim and the wrath of God was directed against Christ. Why do you think he cried out, my God, my God? Jesus did not die as a joyful Christian. Yes, he did. No, no, no. Jesus did not die as a joyful Christian. He died under the curse of the law. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. When he hung on the tree, the wrath of God was directed against his son. That's why he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Come now to Romans chapter 3 and verse 25. Romans 3. The greatest book in the Bible on this subject is the book of Romans. Tyndale, the English reformer, called it good, glad, and merry tidings that makes a man's heart to sing for joy and his feet to dance. Romans 3 and verse 25. Now, this is a difficult text. This is the high point of Scripture. Some would say this is the most important part of the Bible. It is difficult. And because most of us are very superficial, we don't read it. But look at it now. Romans chapter 3, my dear friends. Verse 25. Whom God set forth as a propitiation, because God has wrath, by his blood, through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness. God has to be righteous. God just can't say, oh, that's okay. That's okay to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. And so we have this saying, uh, he, she took her own medicine. God took his own medicine. He bore my sin. He was punished in my place. That's why he cried out, my God, my God. Go back to the last presentation when I spoke about Robert Carter, when he let all the slaves go free. He said, you are free. When Christ hung on the cross, cursed for us, cursed is, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. 
He shouted out all across creation, let freedom ring. Let freedom ring. Let the slaves go. The problem is most people don't believe it. And that's why they still act as slaves. They have the slave mentality. Now we're going to read again Romans 3, the most difficult and the most important text in the Bible. Romans 3, 23 to 25, and read it sometime in an uh, easy-to-understand translation. Romans 3. For all have sinned, past tense, and fall short of the glory of God. That's now. Being justified, declared righteous, freely by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood, through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness, God has to be righteous, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Now, this is not a throwaway text. Now, I'm going to put up some big words on the screen and say a few words about the big words. Sin. Sinners breaking the law of God, it is anything that falls short of the glory of God. It is lack of faith and lack of love. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't do that, you're guilty of sin. So who is ready for the judgment on the basis of works? Nobody, I would think. Justified, justified does not mean ever in scripture to make righteous. So the church of Rome has justification as a process. And as you go along, you're justified a little bit more. And then you go into purgatory. And at the end of purgatory, you're totally justified because only sinless people go to heaven. The Jesuits, great scholars, are total perfectionists, like some people I know. Where do they get it from? Well, I don't know, but the Jesuits say amen to them. Justified, declared righteous, not made righteous. Grace, the mercy of God. I don't deserve it. When I get home to glory, it'll be by grace. It won't be because I am a perfect person, but because Christ died for me. So you see, I am saved by works. I am saved by works, but they're not mine. They're his, you see? Grace, redemption. Robert Carter last week, the descendant of John Carter, he said, you're all redeemed. You can all go home. You're all free. That's what Christ said on the cross. I have paid for you. Propitiation, very difficult word. But the best scholarship says it means something like this. God has wrath against sin, not against the person, but against sin, and therefore there is a price to be paid to propitiate the wrath of God. And this is through the atonement which is 
by blood, Christ's blood, that we accept by faith. And it says it's to show God's righteousness. What does this mean? To show God's righteousness. You've got to think about this because most of us are so superficial. God's righteousness. God is righteous. God is totally righteous. God, you know what God demands of us? Total perfection. From the moment I'm conceived until the moment I die. Perfect righteousness. Perfect love. Perfect obedience. Perfect faith. Because God is righteous. God demands of you and me a state of 100% perfection. (laughs) But we don't have it. We're sinners. And some of us are so sinful, we don't know how sinful we are. Some of us are so deluded that we think we're good. But you know what happens? God says, I demand complete perfection because I'm righteous. Here is my son. (laughs) And he is my substitute. He comes and stands in my place. He dies my death to give me as a gift his 100% perfect righteousness. And so someone comes into the studio today and he is a sinner like all of us, but he's never known it before. And most likely he is a religious sinner. That is the very worst type. I'm not joking. The religious sinner is a pain to be around because he is so self-righteous. It stinks. It does. He's always criticizing people. Always putting people down. Only way he can go up is by putting somebody else down. Have you met people like that? Yeah, Yeah, of course you have. Well, this person comes in here and today he sees himself as a sinner. And he cries out for mercy. And God immediately gives him mercy and shows him grace. And the person is a penitent. He's saying, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been such a pain all my life, such a rotten husband, such a rotten father, such a terrible church elder. And God says, not because of your penitence, but because of my son, I declare that you are as righteous as Jesus. (laughs) It's a declaration. It's a declaration, and it happens in a moment. The Jesuits, and the Pope is a Jesuit, came into existence to destroy Protestantism and democracy, and they came up with the counterfeit theology. Remember Mother Teresa? After her death, they found her letters written to her confessor, her letters full of fear, Depression, purgatory, no assurance. She said, I've never seen the face of a loving God for one moment in my life. Like some people I know 
But justify means to declare righteous. She never got it, but you can. Romans 4, 3, 5, 6, and 7. Look at this. Romans chapter 4. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. It was accounted, accounted to him for righteousness. But to him who does not work for salvation, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. Do you want to be justified? Well, recognize you're ungodly. Oh, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. It is an accounting. God gives it to you and you don't have it. Today many Roman Catholic scholars have accepted Martin Luther's gospel that God justifies the ungodly. It doesn't say that God justifies the righteous, but the ungodly. And if you think you're a really good person, this is not for you. It's for the person who knows he's ungodly. Is such a person easy to live with? Here he is. He's not trying to put you down because he knows he's ungodly. So there's hope for all. The dying thief was ungodly. Mary Magdalene was ungodly. Peter was ungodly. Paul was ungodly. The colonel I baptized in Kiev, who was the teacher of atheism, he was ungodly. Sergei, the mafia man in Nizhny Novgorod, he was ungodly. You and me are the ungodly. There's no place for pride and arrogance. Right with God right now. Free, forgiven, justified. And it's a gift that transforms. It's a transforming gift. Well, I've got to tell you this, or somebody's going to go out and say, oh, that's cheap grace, can't believe that. Can't believe the good news. I want to be miserable for the rest of my life. Look at Romans 6, 14, 15, and 16. Romans 6, and verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we're not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? When you come to Christ, he changes you. Listen, you don't need to be good to be saved but you do need to be saved to be good we come like the lepers just as I am but we don't stay just as I am imagine the lepers that came in Jesus day ever seen leprosy I have filthy rotting decaying smelling stinking dying that's the sinner outside of Christ. The self-righteous Pharisee stinks to God. But he comes to Christ. He touches Christ and he's saved by grace through faith. Think of a man who came in the days of Jesus. We say he's John, he's married to Mary. This is a leprosarium over in Louisiana years ago. Leprosy in America. 
So this man, he's covered in leprosy. One of my great stories. <laughs> and he finds his way to Christ and he puts out his hands and he's stinking, he's filthy and Christ touches him. And when Christ touches him, he's a new person. Imagine what his wife says. <laughs> You're a new person. You went away stinking and filthy. Listen. I come just as I am. But I don't stay just as I am. Otherwise, it's cheap grace. Transformed by grace divine. Not the root, but the fruit. I love Wesley. He left his father's throne above. So free, so infinite his grace. Emptied himself of all but love and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy all immense and free. For oh my God, it found out me. Tis mercy all immense and free. For oh my God, it found out me. Long my imprisoned spirit lay fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke. The dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I arose, went forth and followed thee. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth and followed thee. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him my living head and clothed in righteousness divine. Bold, I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. Bold, I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. Little wonder, he said, amazing love. How can it be? There's only one thing that really counts in this lifetime, your relationship to Christ. And then if you have a right relationship with Christ, you want to tell people about Christ. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. By the grace of God, we're going to do that. We are doing that. That is why we're going back to Cuba, to this communist land, to preach Christ. We're accepting an invitation to go to the, the vast, huge city of Manila, the capital of the Philippines. Been there before, but by the grace of God, we're going back. Please support us. And please stand with us in the preaching of the everlasting gospel. You say, how do you do it? Who, who pays the bills? We do. Do you get any help, financial help? from the church. No, my friend, we don't. But we get a lot of help from God and from his children. Please support us in the preaching of the everlasting gospel. It's the most important work in all the world. Everything else is almost trivia. So would you please write to me? John Carter, Post Office Box, 1900 Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Do your best for Jesus. 
do your best for the gospel. And in Australia, write to me at Terrigal. And we promise you this, every dime, every dollar is going to be used to win souls to our Lord Jesus Christ. Please write to me today. Thank you and God bless you. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.